Welcome, everyone, to Living Room Sports Talk. Here, Macaulay, Chad Catcherbone. We have another new guest here in the living room. Dan Hannigan's joining us here. This is exciting. Dan, welcome. Thank you. Thank you for having me on, Kieran. This is cool. So we got some some buddies from you from La, from LaSalle, Chad. It's this is this is some fun stuff. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Get to reunite a little bit. And, and Dan, I'll tell you, what, we have you on for a special reason. You got a, a story to tell. That's a one for the ages, and B, it's the, it's your first time really getting it off, and, and we're excited to have you on the show for the first time to to, to you know, talk about this. Um, but like I said, we're gonna we'll we'll, we'll kind of worm in there. We'll, we'll talk a little bit more. Absolutely. So before we before we jump into that, Chad uh, had a little bit of a rough night last night. It was an eventful night. It was an eventful night. You turned it around a little bit, Chad. Um, yeah, kind of. Yeah. So oh, yeah, do you want to tell Dan and just the rest of our audience for those who uh, are just tuning in maybe for the first time tonight on what you exactly got yourself into? Yeah, yeah. So. Madden, uh, well, I guess Bleacher Report is hosting Madden simulations. Um, so last night, I I um, I bet on the Eagles game. It was uh, an Eagles Giants game, and uh, McNabb was our quarterback. Um, and it went basically just like any big game McNabb played in. Went that way. Um, the Eagles lost. I had fifty bucks on it, so it wasn't too happy about that. Um, Wait, why are you but, throwing fifty dollars on a Madden game? Because <laughs> I, I mean, haven't. No, had, you know, I, no, I'm sorry, I can't judge you. Look, we haven't been without sports. This is what twenty two days without sports, Dan. This is twenty two days. It's a lot of yeah. days. Um, I and Chad, you had Billy's tickets today too, so I, I can understand your head wasn't in the right spot. Home opener tickets today. You know, you're betting on yeah. Madden games late night last night. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, I haven't put anything on. I haven't put any money on anything in three weeks. Um, at this point, four weeks, I don't know a while. Um, but I did have a friend that had, uh, money on the lions. They played, um, they played the bears, which they was did. I was watching just, Packers was had the winner, just the 85. Virtually. Yeah. Yeah. I'm oh, there here. we go. Sorry. You kind of cut out there. Oh no, no, I'm here. Sorry, you're not um, clarifying what happened. That Calvin Johnson touchdown, right? Maybe it's my internet that's going crazy. All right. All right. I got it. I got it. You got it? Yeah. What's up? Um, all right. So you were, we're talking about the uh, the Lions game, right? Yeah. Um, <laughs> just making sure we're still there. Um, yeah, so yeah, he had money on the Lions. He had money on the Lions, um, and they were down ten in the fourth quarter. Huge comeback. Um, they ended up winning the game by like four points or something like that. Um, Calvin Johnson had a game-winning catch with about twenty seconds. Yeah, that left was kind of wild. Went to the booth yeah. too, Dan. It was wild. Right. So so they backdoored their way into a win, which kind of got my my juices flowing for the the next game. <laughs> So I did make some money back in the final game of the night. Um, I bet on uh, the – it was the Texans and the Titans. So I bet oh, on the yeah. Titans. A little late yeah. night action, yeah. It, sure. we had, it was going horribly. We had a Hail Mary right before half to make it 14-6 Texans. Um, so, yeah, it wasn't going pretty – because it was like minus six and a half or something for the Titans. So, Chad, what's the um, online or the esports gambling record for you right now? It's one and one. I one and one, okay. Lost, <laughs> lost the first one, won the second. All right. Yeah. The Titans came back and they had a great second half last night. 
I do have four more going tonight. I have. Yeah, I, I was about to say, you know, it's funny. Anyone that they, that they tune into our channel right around like the evening time, they, they'll see that we co-stream these games on Bleacher Report. So you don't even have to go anywhere. You can just watch it right here. Um, how about that plug for, for us right there, right? But um, <laughs> no, it's tough. And, and Chad, like I was saying, you had tickets for the for the Phillies home opener. Dan, were you supposed to go to any of the games this season? Or for, uh, well, not the season. I'm sure you were going to this season. Dan's, in Philly, Dan's but... got season tickets. Yeah, well, so uh, my girlfriend's family has a decent ticket package. So I've been to my fair share of games over the past couple of years. So it definitely um, hurts not being there right now. That Yeah, that's that's a tough one. But I'll tell you, would story time make up for it? <laughs> yeah, I think story time can, can make it's up for help it. a little so, bit. It's funny. We didn't even have to have a whole lot of like, just like segments, content, et cetera, like planned for this show today. Chad. I mean, this is, we got enough. I pretty much, it's funny. We start our show down. So we start our show with a, with a segment called clickbait cleanup. And it's funny because really what it's meant to do is just kind of to not troll, but right. To, to, to police um, the stories that are out there and just make sure that, you know, all the facts are out there and make sure that, you know, it's not just an article put out there to get everyone a little rallied up a little bit. So, um, I feel like you maybe found yourself in a world synonymous to, to, to kind of what we're talking about. So um, without further ado, let's, I'll tell you, let's, we'll kind of walk this in slow because there's about a gazillion things to, to, to break down in this story. But for anyone who saw our, our link on Twitter, on Twitter, social media, et cetera, you probably have like a little bit of a tease on, on where we're going with this, but Dan, so let's, we'll start slow. What, paint us a picture of what you normally do on weekend mornings in the fall, especially on Saturdays. Yeah, so uh, since I graduated high school, I started refing youth football. Primary ages I get to see are anyone from really six years old up to those in high school. Um, honestly, it's a great side job. Besides the money, I'm out there every day watching football. You really do get a chance to see some of the local talent. And since I've been in there, it's awesome. Like I've seen kids go from that middle school age to going to high school, and now some of them are even going to Division two and three colleges. So it's been a blessing and something I've really enjoyed. And, and, okay, so you you've done that. So it was how many years have you done that for? This is uh, this will be my eighth year coming up. Eight. Yeah. So, you, eight right, so you're seasoned. To, yeah, I've seen I've seen my fair share of uh, incidents in different games. Okay, and, and speaking of that, so let's let's we'll rewind the clocks. Uh, I can't even talk. But let's rewind the clocks back to October twelfth, two thousand nineteen. Not too too long ago, there was a coronavirus that dropped in here in between that time, but. But, but since let's let's rewind back. Um, that day was a little different though. You're roughing a game, so let's kind of walk through exactly what happened. All right. So you want me to start off with the real situation that happened there. Yeah, the game itself, yeah, let's really. just go kind of pound for pound. Just you're roughing a game, you show up to okay. work, what happens on that day? So that day in particular was definitely definitely an interesting one. So showing up to that game, I was actually told an incident went on the night before with that coach and another member of his team. Uh, long story short, someone was asked who the biggest a-hole was in that organization. The guy laughingly said him, and apparently a fight started. So, like, right then and there, I knew. I was like, sorry, bad blow on the sidelines. Coach from the other team comes over, starts giving me a little background on this guy. And, honestly, the organization it happened with, they're respectable people there. I've really have been reffing them probably every year since I started. Never have had a bad, bad game with them until this one. And so, so what age group is this though? I, I should, so, so we're right. We're just saying you're reffing football. Yeah. So like, is it like a pound thing? Is it, is it ages, so, I guess, kind of like everything in between? Yeah. So it switched up this year. So that's an instructional league. That's kids that are seven, eight years old. They took out the weight limit just Instru- for that league. I just want to emphasize that instructional league. Yeah. Instructional league. So, so comparable to T-ball perhaps. 
Yeah, I would say so, honestly, because they do okay. have like in other leagues you can go to them and, you know, they do have regular conferences. But this one's more supposed to be slowed down, teach the kid the sport, give everyone equal playing time. And that's mm-hmm. part of why, I mean, I'll get into a little more later on. We have less reps in that one doing the game as opposed to, you know, your 14 year olds where we have a four man team going. OK, so so you're saying there was a little bad blood before the game. And so the ball kicks off. Paint us a picture on how that game went. So actually, it kind of goes before the ball kicks off. So um, as the ref, you walk over to the coach and you ask him, like, hey, you guys win the toss. You guys want to receive the fair? He tells me the fair, which kind of expected. So they actually ended up losing the toss. And, you know, I'm running back over to him. It was just a side. And real quick, so let's just – let me just backtrack real quick. So just to paint a picture. So that day, so there were two teams playing. It was the Conchahawk and Golden Bears and the Roxborough Eagles. Yeah. 65 pounds. 65 pound was, and like the ages were between five and seven, I think. So like seven was about the oldest. It looks like I'm just, I, I jotted some notes down for, for our interview today. Um, so it looks like, so right eight or seven, I guess was the max. And so, like I said, 65 pounds, young kids, very young kids. Yeah. They're early to the game. They're just learning it. So a lot of the kids out there and like, not to be on the defensive rocks bear at all for the outcome of the game, but you know, they were on the younger side. I talked to a coach before and he gave me a heads up that they didn't have too many seven year olds on there. A lot of kids out there was their first time, which honestly the coach for their team is very respectable. He's been with that organization for 15 years. I've known my entire playing and repping career. Great guy. And I was going to say real quick, one more, and I feel bad. I'm not trying to interrupt you yeah. as you tell the story. I always just like to kind of add some questions. I'm like a lawyer, like kind of just going, you know, <laughs> through, a dumb lawyer, but that's why I'm doing journalism and not actual law, but, um, but sports law, let's say, but um, all right, let me ask you this, Dan. So have you, uh, how much of a rapport do you have with these coaches, you know, prior to this game on both sides for Concha Hawking and, um, and real quick, I guess I'll ask you real quick. You mind just painting which team was, which, when you were saying this and them a little bit, just so we yeah, have an absolutely. Idea so, uh, in case I end up saying home or away team, the home team was Roxborough and I was not on their sideline. I was on the away sideline, which was, uh, Concha Hawking and Concha okay. Hawking was the team that the incident occurred with. Okay, and, and so have you? did you have like a rapport reffing with these coaches? I think you were saying with Roxborough you had a little bit of experience with. Yeah, how so about Concha Hockham? The way it works is you kind of like uh, – each season's different, but they kind of try to keep you around the same team as the White Hat. So, like, I was seeing pretty much the same team once every few weeks. So I saw a lot of Roxborough that season, got really familiar with just the plays they run and things like that. Um, you get familiar with the coaches, which is a good thing and a bad thing. Obviously, it worked out for me <laughs> since they were good coaches. But sometimes it goes the other way. Sure. Okay. So, and let me, let me ask you this. You probably see a lot refing. God bless you, Roka. Let me just throw that out there because, like, I, and, and this is coming from someone who probably gave refs lips here and there as a, as a kid growing up along the way. So, like, I, the way I look at it is every time you act in your job, you're upsetting one or the other party. And, like, that takes, like, it takes a lot of guts and, and, and courage just to be able to and call out your job and, you know, and do that even on the side. Because, right, you can, you get, you deal with a bunch of nonsense at work all the time, I'm sure. So, like, it's not like you have to hear that on the, you know, on the weekend. So, it's, you know, just giving you a little, little props for that. So, I will say going off of that, growing up, I was that kid that was always the first one to lip off or mouth off to the referee. Like that was me. So this is definitely karma for me. I'm earning this now. There you go. Now. So let me ask you. So we talked about a little bit like the report. Did either one of these teams have like any kind of like reputations um, of any kind for, for, cause you know, look, we're, we're kind of dancing. So I'll at least just paint the picture. We're going to start kind of wandering down the whole running up the score territory in this story. Yeah. So um, you know, did any of these guys have like a reputation or like you said, there was a little bit of, of uh, a brouhaha brewing, I guess, before the game. Yeah. So, I mean, 
to keep it, you know, as normal as I can here. Before the game, I was this is the first real interaction I had with that coach. I was just told that, you know, some incidents occurred with him throughout the season. You know, the other team knew coming into the game that they really didn't have the best shot. So at that point, I knew, all right, let's keep this game on the control as best as possible. And I thought, honestly, like this would be a no-brainer. Like, all right, the other team's going to go up to a quick lead. They'll put their subs in. It was like the exact opposite of that. Like this day itself was just a complete hellhole. Okay, so so paint us a picture with the score, everything that's going on, because I guess it's funny. They, the, maybe the, the the game wasn't exactly uh, – the score, let me say, wasn't exactly the best, but the game was very eventful nonetheless. Yeah, so um, well, should we should we first should we first go over the rule? Because I think that's that's. Important. Oh yeah, please. Well, I, yeah, I wanted to, to set everything up. Yeah, so, go for real it. Real quick, do you mind if I actually paint the picture going up to that last drive? Then we can talk about the rule, just because there is like a lot of color that goes into that. Yeah, 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 definitely. Right. Let's do it. So I already explained, you know, the toss. The guy comes over to me. And he's basically saying to me like. Hey, Mr. Official, I told you I want to receive the ball. And I'm looking at him like, yeah, they actually – or sorry, I want to defer the ball. I'm looking at him saying, actually, they won the toss. They chose to defer. And he's looking at me like, oh, they want to receive. Well, well, boys, we'll show them what happens when we receive. And I was like, all right, whatever, like this dude just being him. So they actually scored on the first play. It was a uh, jet sweep to the right side of the field. Kid goes on a touchdown. Their running back was extremely quick, probably the fastest kid on that field that day. Um, fast forward at the halftime, they're on the last play. There's about 12 seconds left. They stop the ball, call timeout. They're up about 14. Yeah, they were 14, nothing. And they decide they're going to run a jet sweep to the left side. And that left side was my side. So at this point we're running down. It's they're running back the super fast kid. He's about 10 feet ahead of me, the cornerback from the Roxbury Eagles. He's about, I would say five feet behind him. I see the kid on Conchi. He has a clear touchdown, but he steps out of bounds. You actually see the chalk go up in the air. So as I'm running down the field, I blow my whistle, wave my hands, rule him out. Their coach loses it. So this is probably the most annoying thing as a referee. You get a coach that decides to bring over some fan's phone and try and show you a play that happens. So he's that happens? That smart... happens all the time. It's the most annoying thing. And I've oh yet to God. even see a video where it comes even close to like getting a quality picture. So he's trying to show me. I'm looking at him like, Coach, listen, we're looking at the footprint right here. I'm not going back on this. Like, there's no Sunday football red flag. There's no challenges here. Like, no, it's halftime. We're going into it. So, like, he was no all – It was actually yeah, was pretty did, funny. What was his response to that? He wasn't having <laughs> me. He just yelled at his team, come on, boys. They want to cheat us, which, like, whatever. You hear it a little bit here and there. Like, the, the ref wants to cheat them. But honestly, like, growing up, I remember thinking the same thing. Like, oh, the ref was against me you don't really care who wins your main goal as a ref is to make sure that no one gets hurt. Like there's no worse feeling as a referee than a kid getting hurt on your watch and it being something that you could have prevented. Yeah. I mean, I can't imagine. Yeah, exactly. And like I said, just to backtrack five, six, seven year old instructional football. where, like I said, we're, we're comparing this to T-ball, right? Essentially. Pretty much. With, yeah. Okay. And would you almost make the argument that the score is being kept just to, just to almost like get a concept of keeping score for these kids? Cause they're five, six years old. And they're going to have to like, right. It's like kind of that, that like it's, it's almost getting introduced to keeping score, the concept of keeping score. I mean, besides the whole cut, like the kids getting used to, all right, Hey, we're playing from behind, like anything like that. There's no reason for that age to keep the score. Like in that league itself for that age group, there's no playoffs. So in reality, your standings mean nothing at the end of the season, you're done come week 10. 
It's funny, Zach even is commenting in the chat. He says, five and seven-year-olds, come on now. See, I like this. Yeah, we got the, 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 the chat's on your side, Dan, already. And I shouldn't even say that because, like, you know, it's we're kind of brewing up to the, to that point. But, okay, so that the first half ends. It was – now we're getting to the real one. So, yeah. Um, so, real quick, Chad, do you want to go into the rule or do you want me to do it? No, no, I think you should explain it. It's, okay, so – info than me. Yeah, so at that age group, there is a mercy rule, as in most football leagues there is. In the other football leagues, the mercy rule primarily just means, hey, once we get to a certain um, score, we're going to run the clock. Uh, basically, it's a gentleman's rule. You keep the ball in between yeah. the A and the B gap. There's really no, like, if the other team fumbles the ball, the coach usually turns the blind eye to it. They can, you know, stay with it. They keep going. Uh, this age group is a little different. So after they go up four scores to 28 points, the clock goes down to eight minutes and continuously runs. The only thing it stops for is timeouts, injuries, and touchdowns. Um, so I guess it's early fourth quarter. They score, and there's at this point still their A guys are still out there. Like their main 11, 12 players are still out there. They're running the ball, primarily jet sweeps, still passing it, which, you know, at that age group, we do see a lot of passing now. Um, so yeah, it's 20. Really? Really? That's actually, that's pretty interesting. There's some coaches not. Old offense out there. They're doing shotguns, which that's like <laughs> the worst thing ever. Cause there's such a sloppy game, but they're yeah. out there trying to throw, you know, they're trying to run every trick play in the book. It's, it's pretty interesting. By the way, Dan, if you want a fun story, Chad's uh, dad was actually my quarterback's coach in eighth grade. Was he? Yeah, yeah. They didn't trust me to throw a whole lot. I can't blame them. Well, actually, I was the backup. That wasn't the first stringer. I was I was the backup quarterback. But Wait, you the backup who, who, who was the Yeah, who exactly. Well, though? you know, but I couldn't throw the ball a mile. I was more like Rev. I could run. I could run. Okay. You know, the funny thing is, it's actually, it is kind of like Remember the Titans to completely get sidetracked, which uh, there you go. Um, no, it's because that was the one thing I actually could do well was because was do the pitch. And Andrew Milwaukee could throw the ball a mile. And I remember that was the one thing they did. All right, like show me, like show the pitch. Like that like, it really was like the scene. Um, but like I said, I, I was really good at throwing the ball to the other team. So um, but all right, but without further ado, let's get back to the second half. So, like you said, so there's a mercy rule, like and, and which makes sense, right? I mean, it's instructional ball. I mean, you know. Uh, and I'm, so, I'm not trying to like be the, the, the hype man for him, but like, it did. It's instructional, right, dude? But like, I mean, there's right, there's something yeah. to be said. I'm just trying to, I'm trying to remember what it was like to play sports at five. Like, you know, I'm just trying to, to paint that picture a little bit more. So, yeah, so going off that, it's 28 nothing at that point. We kind of make it a quickened game just because as the game goes on, it's a blowout. That's when you're more likely to see someone get injured out there, especially with the little kids. You do see the cheap shots out there as the score starts to get run up. So, I walk over to the coach. I tell him, hey, mercy rules in full effect now. They're going to start off with the ball on their 40-yard line. They're sorry, the other opposing team's 40-yard line going in. Unfortunately, they fumble the ball that first play. Now, at this point, there's about, I would say, less than a minute left. I tell the coach, like, hey, listen, you can defer the ball. It goes over to them. Most teams do it. No, 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 I got guys I want to get in. So, at this point, now I'm expecting to see, like, a true B team go out there. But it's the same main four guys in the backfield. There may have been a substitution here and there on the line of scrimmage. So first play, they run it outside. I'm looking at them like, is this serious? Like, dude, you're really flirting with it right now. Because if they score 31 points, which this is the rule, if they score 31 points, you receive a – I believe it's a $200 fine. Don't quote me on that. I know there's a financial that, we, fine. I think involved. 500 is at least what we saw in the news. So okay, on it's our, $500. Yeah. And two the coach is supposed maybe? to get a one-game suspension. Okay. 
So that's really the rule. That's something that, like, when I first started, we were always told, hey, if a team starts to flirt with that mercy rule and they run the ball down, don't throw a flag or don't call a kid out just because the coach doesn't want to get the fine. Like, that's something they have to deal with. It's their own fault to get into that situation. So that was emphasized. So, like, you go yeah. – first of all, to, like, paint that picture, right? You're not even – it's not like you just walk in there and they say, okay, it's five and six. You got it. Like, you watch NFL. No, like, you actually have to go through, know the rules. There's different rules. There's different concepts. And like I said, you've been doing this for almost a decade. Yeah, and he, like even still to this day, I still keep an index card with each of the different leagues' rules, and just so in case I get myself in a situation like that, I'm well rehearsed. I'm ready to go for when the coach tries to, you know, throw the argument that they didn't score 31 points or anything like that, or that he didn't know it was a rule. Like I'll address that with him beforehand. So, and the weird thing is with that, that's actually not the referee's rule. That's the league rule. So at the end of the day, like that 31 points, like we don't report the score or anything like that. That's between the winning coach and the home coach. So if it's the same team, obviously they're going to report it. But well, since Conchahawken was the winning team and Roxborough was the home team, there were obviously two scores going to go in. So he had to be honest. Um, but yeah, so what happens is now we're at about 14 seconds to go. I tell the coach, listen, just let the clock run out. I'm not going to call, uh, call a penalty on you guys. He calls a timeout, wants to get this last playoff. So. On this side, I'm on their side. This is the last play of the game. Last play of the game. Well, it should have been the last play of the game regardless. Like, there was 12 seconds left. Could have kneeled it, ran the clock out. He runs oh, the jet sweep with, with the same so running you know, back. Oh, man, I'm just I'm jotting this down because this is just another thing. <laughs> all right, sorry. Go ahead. Keep so he runs the jet, jet sweep. And um, and you can see the tape. It's on all the yeah. Philadelphia news outlets if you search, you know, Concha <laughs> Hawk and Bears, NBC or ABC or CBS. It's all there. So, it seems like the jet sweep's been working all game for him. Yeah, it doesn't seem like they honestly, need to test that out anymore. They scored on one other play, play. Like I think it was just the quarterback taking a quarterback keeper off between the A gap, and that was like the other touchdown. Everything else was jet sweep <laughs> to the outside, and every time it went to their home coach or to their sidelines, that sweep. So I did a lot of running that day. But, um, so you're the ref in the video on the side, running down the so sidelines. Yeah, I'm that white hat that's wearing – I'm running down the sidelines. And in the video, so, okay – the kid gets a decent lead on me. And then as in the video, you see me running down. All of a sudden, you see that coach full speed. He's clocking his 40 time. He goes blowing by me. I'm yelling at the coach stay back because I had warned him earlier, actually, on our last scoring play that if he went past the 30-yard line again, I was going to toss him out. And now he got his first warning. I gave him a flag. That would have been his second time. He would have been ejected. So that would have been another instant self. So he runs down the field. I'm like going like this. The coach stay back, stay back. Sorry, you guys can't see me. Um, I'm using my hands, telling him to stay back. And at this point, the kid scores a touchdown. Now the coach is throwing a fit at this point. Uh, can I, can I ask a question too? And I, I will yeah. harp on this topic probably a little bit later on in this, Absolutely. in this whole thing, but was there any yelling of please run out of bounds, run out of bounds, get out of bounds? Not really. It was more of throw the flag. It was the coach asking me to throw the flag, which, and let me get into the, head coach. the reason why. We're, yeah, so as head he's coach. running past you, he's screaming, throw the flag. Throw the flag. Yeah. Throw the flag. And at this point he's past me. I'm telling him to get back because the whole reason that we're telling the coach to get back is, and I don't recall in a specific instance, if there were cheerleaders there, but most times you do have cheerleaders at and around between the 30 and the goal line. That's just the area they're permitted. So if he runs down, there's a chance that he collides with them, another player or the referee. Which at that point, if the ref coach uh, collides with me, actually, I'm the one liable for that. If he gets injured, which is crazy to me, but it's just how it is. Um, so that's kind of me trying to do my own due diligence there, keeping him back. And so he scores. Sounds the like there's a, a pretty good process in place for all of this. There's a lot of reasoning behind why there's rules in place and whatnot. 
Yeah, I mean, there really is. A lot of it is for the safety of players and just everyone else there. Um, but, yeah, kind of – they're just to get back to that play. So, they score that touchdown. I go down there. I mark the touchdown. The coach at this point, he's screaming and yelling, like yelling at the kid at this point. And you can't yell at wait, the kid. Wait, let me ask. Screaming yelling in a, in a celebratory manner or he's screaming yelling? No, like, what did you he do? was angry because he knew he was getting a fine. So, he was – he was trying to talk to me like, oh, can you not include that touchdown? Like, do whatever you can, you know, erase. And I'm, coach, listen, that's not up to me. That's between you and the other coach. If I oblige that best I can. No one's going to call me about the score. That's between you two. Um, but, yeah, so going off of that, we didn't run the next play at that point. The clock was on two seconds. The – Roxborough coach took his guys off the field just because at that point he's insulting them. And the coach from Conshohocken went or was walking off with his kids too because he was angry with me. So after the game, we stand there, we watch the players shake hands. At first, I didn't want to talk to the coach because I saw how frustrated he was. He was screaming, yelling. At that point, I'm thinking, all right, well, nothing good's going to come out of this. So let me walk over. And the way their field's set up is they have some stairs leading up to it. Me and the other ref went there just to kind of go talk about what happened because we have to write a report saying, like, hey, he ran down the field, uh, touchdown count it, won over 31 points, just in case it comes up at the end of the day. So that's what me and Which him it did. might. <laughs> yeah. Later. Later on in this story, it might come up again. I was actually happy I took detailed notes that day. But um, so me and him are talking. At that point, I get the athletic director from Roxbury comes over like, hey, you did nothing wrong. Don't worry. I'll have your back. Like, I saw what happened. You know, I'm thanking him, saying, like, you know, this doesn't happen too often. So he comes over to me at first, and we're talking. He's like, you can't erase that touchdown. I was like, coach, I got nothing to do with that. At this point, that's between you and Roxbury. Like, go talk to him, not me. So he's looking at me, asking why I didn't throw a flag. I'm explaining to him, if I throw that flag, that paints two pictures. One, I could get the angry parent finds me in the parking lot just because, hey, you threw a flag on my son, took away his touchdown. It could be his first or his last touchdown, whatever it wants to be. And that could be upsetting for him. And the other thing is, too, if I throw that flag, again, it could be another kid like, oh, he called a hold of me. What happened? What I do wrong? This doesn't make sense. The refs actually are there cheating. So it paints a bad picture for them in the future. So that's kind of the reason why we're told not to throw that flag on an instance like that. Which makes complete sense, especially at the instructional level, right, where you're supposed to, like – you don't want it to be obvious, right? Like it's funny too. Cause right. Chad, you can, you can relate to this, right? If we were kids five years old. I can't, I mean, I can't fully say this would have happened, but if we were five or six and we saw something like, like, like a ref, like blatantly throw a flag, it'd be in your mind. Oh, I have seen a ref make a call to impact the game because it was, you know, right. Like that's not what they're supposed to do. I've never seen that growing up. And, and, and Dan, I got to give you kudos, man, for just, for doing your job, doing it correctly. Um, you know, like I said, taking good notes. I mean, like all that stuff. I mean, it, it worse people could ref those games and, and show up in a lot worse state of minds and, and, you know, be showing up for five and six year olds and not caring. You know what I mean? Like, and, and the fact that, you know, the rules, you understand you, like I said, you keep a note, no card in your pocket. Uh, and, and like, I'm like, my, like, I'm almost like my mouth's getting dry. Like, just like, Ugh. but it, it's no Chad, what do you got? So, I mean, so I have uh, multiple stories I can tell um, about when, I feel that that officiating, um, or in my case, umpiring, um, gets a little bit out of hand, or they're kind of just you know making up their own stuff. And what I always go back to in any of my you know little arguments with an umpire is they're not going to learn unless they see everything the way that it should be done, right? Like 
I coach 10 year old, 10 year old travel baseball, which it's not like what Dan's um, or was refing where it's instructional. Like these kids are there to compete. Right. Right. And so Dan, I had the chat, but real quick, so I just want to throw this in there. Chad. The, the chat's got your back right now, Dan, they're all saying yeah. that you did nothing wrong and that you did a great job. So far. I need those supporters guys. Oh, and, we, and we're just right. getting to the entry point of this, but chat, keep going. <laughs> so like I had with 10 year olds, I had, I had a play where there was, there was pretty clear interference, pretty clear interference. Um, and the umpire didn't call it and it ended up costing us an out. So, you know, I'm having a conversation with him and I said, did you see it? Cause that's my first thing I always ask. Cause if it's just one guy, sometimes they don't see it. And if the answer is no, I didn't see it. I, I don't, at that point, I'm like, whatever he, he missed it. It's okay. He said he saw it, but at that age, it just wasn't enough to be called. And I said, what do you mean by that? And he said, well, like, they're just kind of like, they all run into each other to begin. I'm like, no, like <laughs> they're 10 now and they're playing travel competitive baseball. Like if they run into each other, that needs to be called so they can right, absolutely. And Makes like, sense. No, nah, no, nah, like it's it's a judgment call and it didn't meet my judgment. I said, that's just ridiculous because it's not a judgment call. <laughs> it's a pretty clear in the rule book states you run into each other. Um, there has to be a call made, whether it's on the runner or if it's on the fielder. So, so going off that, though, I mean, to paint the perfect picture, it's almost from a baseball point of view, let's just say you guys are up 12 nothing on the team and the umpire decides to really widen his strike zone. At that point, uh-huh. your players might start swinging the junk just because he realizes the game's over, and it's going to teach mm-hmm. them a bad habit going forward that they think that strike zone is actually that wide. Well, which sounds pretty what, toxic in an instructional league. Yeah. What makes it what makes it worse in those situations is when they when they widen the zone for both teams. So, like, if you're the team down twelve nothing, and then your kids are just going up there and getting strike after strike after strike because he he widened that zone, it it becomes really frustrating. <laughs> Um, so I agree. Yeah. I I'm always in favor of, of referees or officials doing what is, what the rule book says, because that's what you're going to have to go by as you get older. Um, and you're going to have to be up, you're going to have to learn to live with bad calls and stuff like that. But if they're just blatantly changing the rules here and there, because they want to get out of here a little bit earlier or, or anything like that, I have never liked that. So. It's it's all bad habits. And real quick, Dan, I'm just going to plug you in here real quick. So we're joined by Dan Hannigan here in the living room right now, who has found himself in a in a whirlwind this past fall, um, doing just his job too. That's 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 what we're learning here for anyone just joining. He uh, found himself well. He's been refing youth football for the last seven years, going on eight now. Bravo, by the way, Dan. Um, and like I said, he's been refing youth football for the last seven years, and. Like I said, he found himself in a little bit of things. So, like I said, well, let's get back to it. So, Dan, the, the, the sorry, the score is thirty-six nothing final. The coaches are upset. Like I said, it doesn't even come down to you, right? Like, like you said, the home coach reports the score, so it really doesn't even come down to you being the one that reports that. But there is a rule saying that if it's thirty-one points or over, then that obviously is over the mercy rule. There's a five hundred dollar fine. There's a suspension as well. Not to mention it's five and seven year olds. So like, what and and not you know I want to actually add this in because I didn't see this either um, at all before we started talking on the show. The fact that you had opportunities, opportunities like right, like so for example, like hey, do you want to give them the ball back at the forty? No, right? Like there's like in my head when I walked into this show today, Dan, I honestly just thought it was back and forth football, like no other, right? Like the rules were completely the same. They didn't have those type of uh, um, aids, if you will, if, if the score was getting a little out of hand. 
Yeah, and the other thing with that, too, is, like, the coach had multiple opportunities in that fourth quarter to actually put his subs in if that's what he wanted to do. If he wanted to get his subs in to get guys that normally don't get a chance to play that extra time, multiple opportunities. But he kept the starters in there on offense and defense, continued blitzing, which is really frowned upon. Like, there's nothing that says you can't blitz from the inside. You just can't blitz from the outside once you go by a certain amount. And being honest, off the top of my head, I don't know what that exact score is that you're not allowed to blitz, uh, blitz outside by. But, yeah, again, he had multiple chances to stop that and decided going into that fourth quarter that, you know, keeping the A guys in, especially on that last drive, like there was no reason for it, especially running the ball outside. Like he was really asking for it himself, and at the end of the day just realized that he was hit with a consequence and didn't want to have to own up to it. So let me ask you this. So you go home that night. You're, you're done a hard day's work on a Saturday, right? Okay, Sunday goes by. You probably watch the Eagles play. Um Right before they beat the Packers there, Chad. That's probably right right before then. There you go. There's a little, little drop for you. But, no, so I'm a Packers oh, fan, by the way. Down Packers on a Thursday. That was a Thursday yeah, night. You were there. No, Thursday I'm saying night, it was a week or two. Game. I'm saying it was a week. Oh, it was after. I'm sorry. I was thinking it was September. All right. All right. All right. You know what? When you lose a game, you try to forget about it. All right. So, all right. And it's my fault for bringing up bad memories. But this is day 22 of quarantine. I'm delirious. So, anyway, getting back to it, Dan. So, two days go by. And then things maybe start to change a little bit. Your phone starts going off a little bit more. Just paint a picture of what happened there. So the first thing I actually saw, I saw a tweet involving Torrey Smith and youth football. And I'm thinking, I'm reading the situation. I didn't read the whole thing. I just read the subtweet. And I was like, this is my game. Like, What's going on? I'm driving. Or I'm sorry. I'm taking the train to work at this point. So I get in. That's going through my head. Story aired on 6ABC that uh, Torrey Smith's brother-in-law was the coach of the team, with, which at the time I didn't know there was any relation between the two. Like I never would have guessed that in a million years. Well, so, that's why you're an Eagles fan too, right? Yeah, I am an Eagles fan actually. <laughs> so it was definitely at first I was like, oh, this is kind of cool. Like, let me roll with it. And then <laughs> so at this point it's like 6 o'clock. I'm still at work. I get a call from my boss from a uh, refereeing. And he calls me, and he's real stern at this point. He goes to me. Um, so, wait, have the viewers seen the news clip, actually? Well, it's funny. So, I, I actually – I have a little bit. So, I didn't, I didn't the video for us. I have the dates and some of the snippets of the quotes just kind of yeah. like on – basically, because obviously we don't have every party here. So, the best we can do. And it's not like you really had a voice before this. Yeah. Um, so, let me ask you this real quick. So, I'll actually, if you don't mind, I'll take it from here. Actually, this is perfect. Yeah, this is absolutely. a perfect handoff. So – Okay, so two days go by. Now all of a sudden, there's news stories are starting to pop up. I believe NBC10 was the first one to do it in the Philadelphia area. And the way I look at it was, it, it, like you said, it, it was smaller, right? Like youth football blown out of proportion, da da da. And then all of a sudden, there's like Tory Smith. It starts with these news clips. So I'm going to pull up the first one that NBC did. Here's the first quote. And basically, it was just um, from the coach. Kyle Williams was the coach uh, of uh, the Concha Hawking Golden Bears. Um, and, and I'm just pulling this up. So I'm just looking at these quotes from these different articles. This is one from NBC 10 when they talked about it, which was the first one. So the game was on the 12th. Uh, this story came out on the 14th and it was basically just saying with less than two minutes, I called a timeout because I wanted to pull the starters off the field. William said, I put kids in there that normally never play. Okay. So let me just backtrack for a second. Cause I have, a, I have a little comment on this, but you know, actually let, let me, let me, I'll have you go first. Right. So all of a sudden it's blowing up, right? Like, are you, like, what's your life like in a situation like that? And I'll provide my commentary about those comments afterwards. Yeah, so at first, you know, I was like, this is no big deal. This won't make it big headlines. And then 
I find out it's on the six o'clock news. I'm freaking out at this point. Like, listen, I have a full-time job. I still ref football. Like, you know, I have a life to live. Like I was afraid that that was going to be affected by this just because I wasn't sure how identifiable my face was in the video sure. and who would know me enough to say something. So that was a little bit of thought to me. And then when I actually listened to what went on, it was just, there were no facts involved. Like everything that he was saying was actually the opposite of what happened then. And right, and so and it's funny because I can kind of help you out there. So I'm watching, right? We don't know, and, and to be fair, we don't know each other, Dan. Like we just met for the first time on this podcast, which is kind of cool. We met in the living room. So, um, but right, like so, it, like I had to honestly, God, right before we go on this show doing the interview, like I got to do my fact checking. I got to read about what happened. I got to do my best to like when we come in here, so it's not right that it's not one of these things where I'm just like, okay, tell me what happened, and then you just tell your story, and I'm like. Hmm? Mm-hmm. Okay. that sounds cool to me like you seem like a trustworthy right like i gotta hear like the whole like see the picture line it all up and and so you're right it doesn't all line up per se so let's look at so nbc was the first one to do the story i'm gonna pull that quote back up so like i said so real quick so with less than two minutes they call a timeout and they put the guys in that never play you talked about that a little bit before that happened earlier when there was the point where you could have um they could have deferred to have the other team get the ball back and they said no they wanted to put other guys in now let me ask you this on the end game of that, was it what you said there were about four, let's just say like loosely four or five players that you said were, were pretty, um, pretty talented out there on the, on the gridiron. So was there, um, did those guys get subbed out at the end or were they the ones running the play on the last or like, like I got to, I say, you know, I had two parts to this question. One, is it true? And two, what we, what does that mean? There's kids that never play. Isn't this an instruction? And I, look, I'm not the participation trophy guy. I think there's a middle ground, right? Like there's a time to learn the game and there's a time to compete. Right. And I think the time to learn the game is when you're five. So Absolutely. five, six, seven years old. So, so to that point, you gotta learn sometime, like right. Everyone wants a learning curve. And yet, like when, when you want to give it off to someone else, you don't want to, you don't want to do that. But um, right. So my question is one, was it true? And two, Wait, are there any rules that like everyone needs to play anyway? Like this seems kind of ridiculous that the, that the line for kids that never get in, in in an instructional league. Yeah, so with that league, I don't actually believe there is a rule about that. Like I know other leagues, it is like how hey, everyone needs a play count. A mom or dad from the coach or mom or dad from the other team will go over to the opposing team sideline, literally tally up a play for each player, and they have to play. It's like twenty snaps a game, something like that. Which for most teams, they're fielding 20, 25 guys at best that's more than reasonable 20 snaps. Like they can do way better than that. But in that situation there, the main four guys in the backfield, I would say only one wasn't one of the guys that was getting a snap the entire game. And to be completely fair, the running back was the main running back still. So, yeah, I was, it's fine. I'm looking at my notes right now. And that's what I was about to say. So, so maybe like this, this idea that it was a wholesale change, maybe wasn't the most uh, accurate picture. No, it was wasn't not, a whole. Yeah. Okay, right. It no, wasn't they, the walk-ons taking like undressing for the first time in the season halfway through, like in college basketball. Yeah. That feeling, no. Yeah, it was, <laughs> no, it, it was, was not. Brooks calling for a change in the miracle. Trust me. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so so it picks up a little bit, right? Okay, so let me. Okay, so we look at that, right? Okay, so he's saying, call a timeout, get the kids off the field. Then six, or then I'm sorry. So CBS three pulls up. So I'm gonna pull up their graphic too. So that's the next one. This is two days later. This story comes out. Now it's starting to pick up some steam, it looks like, a little bit back in October. So here's the quote, and I know you guys can't read it because we're looking at each other here, so I'll read it out for you and and for our audience. So at that point, Golden Bears head coach Kyle Williams says, he advised the referee to throw a flag on the next play. Can you throw a flag? It's less than two minutes, just in case anything happens, and it didn't go that way, Williams said. So 
I'll just ask you just kind of at a high level, just did that. I mean, you talked about how you guys kind of had some type of dialogue throughout the game of this, but like, was that under two minutes? Like, Hey, like, like, great. Like, I guess kind of paint us those two minutes, like very vividly. Yeah. So, well, they scored for that fourth touchdown, the one that put them in that mercy rule situation in the final two minutes of the game. Um, but yeah, he was asking. And I told him, listen, we're not allowed to do that. Like, I have no say in that. You can instruct your guys to run out of bounds, which that does happen. You get other coaches to do the same thing, but they tell their guys, like, hey, if you're about to score a touchdown, go down the two-yard line, three-yard line. Don't go so in. This, so real quick, but, you, just, but you were saying saying stuff like, you were saying stuff like go out of bounds, or you can tell your kids. You can tell your kids. Saying, yeah, I'm not going to tell right. them, like, hey, make your players run out of bounds. I'm telling him I can't throw right. a flag. Correct. You can tell your players to take a knee, go out of bounds. Whatever they want to do you're, is nothing, nothing about nothing about not going to kids. get. You're basically painting, <laughs> you're painting a. So you're basically you're painting a picture saying if they're not going to get tackled, there's two other ways to find yourself down and not in the end zone. You either escort yourself out of bounds or you fall down and take a knee. Exactly. Right. I mean, it doesn't seem so hard. Okay. So so CBS. All right. So they pick it up. Then ABC picks it up. Now it's really starting to pick some steam. So I'll pull up more of the clips and we can break those down. I have a bunch of that stuff in a second. But let me ask you this. So. What's your life like at this point? A couple days in now, you know, like I said, it's about three, four, five days in, right? Like, and you're, like you said, you're concerned a little bit about like people recognizing you. Did that happen at all? Like just kind of, what was your life like for the next few days after that? It was definitely a lot. Many people close to me knew the situation. They had either seen the play or someone had told them about it. And it's funny. I was in various group messages and like the one kid brought it up before I even got a chance to tell him. And I'm watching the video, like, laughing a little bit just like these guys have no idea it's me and someone jokingly said to me like oh hannigan is that you and i was like actually it's funny that is me like you guys are spot on and yep. at this point like everyone's did you trip them did you trip them and like i don't know i've known chad now for a while chad knows that you know i have a good spirit with me but when it comes to refereeing like at the same time it's a job i have to be professional i feel like anything i say or do can come back on me in the future so, so and we can see that through the first 43 minutes of talking to you how much pride yeah. you take seven years not just it, it basically like you're not the same thing as a, a kid working at dairy queen in the summer just showing up right like you know it right this is this is bigger than that like i said you care about the kid's safety yeah um like i said you've been there for a couple of years i mean more than a couple of years almost a decade like there's there's longevity there uh and i'll i'll, ba- I'll back him up before he goes into this too like while we're in college, it's not just football. He he goes and refs basketball games. He'll go down to community centers when they need him. Like he, he was a phone call away from from multiple people, um, just to help out in youth sports. So he has never had anything uh, where he has his own prerogative. Like it is always for the kids. So um, that's just. Just a friend coming in and giving his, his two cents there. <laughs> so, wait, real quick. So, not to cut either of you guys off. So, this actually sure. goes back to game day. So, at this point, the game's over. I'm sitting down waiting for the next game. We're talking about what just happened, me and the other official. At this point, the coach comes over to me. And me and him are talking. I'm asking him, like, I'm telling him, like, listen, you shouldn't have been running down the sidelines. Like, I could have ejected you right there. And then, like – I don't have a say in what goes on with the fine, but this is me trying to do what's best. Like, I'm not trying to eject you. And I'm asking him, what were you doing running down? Like, what were you going to do? And he was telling me he was going to tackle the player. So at this point, I look at him, and I'm like, that's obstruction. Like, I have a toss you right there. That's injuring the player and also the kid that was chasing him down as well. Wait. Uh, yeah, what? he completely <laughs> twisted the words. He said it to us. And, like, I had the other ref I texted him, like, yo, do you recall him saying that? And he was like, yeah, listen, I'll sign whatever I have to if you want to 
file complaint against him because at this point, you know, I had consulted with a lawyer, me and him were talking back and forth. And like, just in case this ended up coming out like a big thing and it affected me at all, I had to be prepared to file also with him. And it actually, so it wasn't slander. It would have been something called liber, I believe. Yeah, sure. Which that's what me and him were talking about. Slander's writing, libels, yeah, basically it's it's not writing. (laughs) So I consulted with the other referee and then I reached out to someone from Roxborough who had also heard the situation. But again, at that point, just becomes a he said, she said. But that was the thing that got me most upset with the whole situation was the fact that he's talking to the reporter, I believe from NBC, and he tells her that at this point, my jaw drops like that's the exact opposite. He said he was going to tackle him. I'm telling him I would have tossed you out of the game for obstruction. And it's funny, when he told me that, the thing I always think back to is, I don't know if you guys ever saw Friday Night Lights, the – TV show. There's a coach that does it in the uh, in the season. I think it's like season two or three. He does it, which that's always played in my head. Well, I was gonna say. So let me pull up that because you were talking about the group chat too, and everyone was like, "Oh, like were you the like did, like tripping, tripping, tripping?" Like, like so. Let's turn on that. So six ABC did this story, and can I just? This is not me trying to be Columbo. This, I, like, I want to just like ask the questions and let you talk, but like I can't help but notice this a little bit, right? Because I can't help. Everyone's gonna form their opinion. That's the whole reason why we're doing a show, um, and and having people tune in, and I think. Okay, so the story started the, – the event happened on October 12th. October 14th is when it came out. Well, I was just trying I, – I tried putting my guys in, right? Like I, I put the kids in that never play. Okay. Then it, then two days later it escalates to – well, I told the ref to throw a flag. Then two days after that, then all of a sudden – it's funny because, Dan, I remember reading this in real time just because like I'm a sports junkie and I remember thinking like just – this is escalating pretty quickly. And I actually remember wondering why was the story like getting worse as like the week went on, not like right out of the gate. And let me show you. So this is, this is about six days after the event happens. Um, And this is from a story on six ABC. So uh, the quote says it was his chance. He'd seen the end zone. He'd not want to fall down. And he scored bears coach Kyle Williams said in a video of the touchdown, Williams sprints down the sideline alongside his running back, trying to uh, convince the five-year-old to stop. Ah, you should have tripped him, the referee told me. He told me that I should have tripped him running down the sideline if I really cared about this fine and suspension, Williams said. Start, but especially now that I've heard your your background, your longevity, and, and really just every like the you really care about this craft a good bit. Like, so I I I, I feel for you here. Thank you. So, and so what's your thought process when you hear something like that? Especially so when you care so much about the safety point, of the kids. I'm really thinking, okay, this is for real now. At this point, this becomes, if, in my opinion, if any lawyer wants to pick up a case just to get some headline, if this did take off, and I'll tell you guys in a little bit why I thought this was going to take off. But I was more concerned with at that point becomes child endangerment. And at that point, I'm thinking, all right, that's a serious offense. Like at this point, I had to get serious about this. And that's when I started consulting the, you know, legal advisors. But which is horrible you have to do on. that when you're trying to help help kids get better at their game this is something on, this isn't your full-time job this is just something on the side yeah it was honestly it's pretty crazy like just a swing of events it was a four-day period between it happening like remember i texted my dad because whenever anything crazy goes on during the game i usually text him just because he enjoys hearing it he coached me you know my entire athletic career and he's been that coach sometimes to be the one to mouth off the referee, get ejected in front of everyone. So, like, he always enjoys it. But this was one that, yeah, it sat with me for a little bit. And, like, we ref the game after that, and it's funny. The next coach for Hawk and 
I worked for him right out of college. So this is the game after him. So me and him were talking about the whole situation going back and forth. And like, he's telling me I wouldn't worry about. And I was like, I do feel bad that he's getting a fine, but at the same point it's on like he did to himself. And the only reason I really felt bad that he was getting the fine was I didn't think he was going to be the one forced to pay it. Like when that fine goes through, it goes to the organization. Each organization handles it differently. Sometimes it's paid by the coach, the player's parent, things like that, which, you know, every situation is different with who can afford and who can't. See, it's funny. I'm like, in my world, I'm thinking almost like corporate. I'm thinking, well, so that sounds like if you take a, a corporate car and someone hits you accidentally, the company's going to probably pay for that. But if, if you're speeding down the highway, then they're going to be like, hey, you, that, that's on you. You got to pick up the tab. So the fact. Exactly. So let me ask you, is the fact that he had to pick up the tab, it's not like you, there's this picture, right? I'm not like this, this invisible picture that's painted that you basically handed the fine right there. Like, here you go. Enjoy. Right. Like you like, like it was monopoly and you landed on the go to jail space. Right. Like, right. And it was just like, well, that's the rules. You got to go. Like, no, like you, first of all, you weren't the one that reported the score. And like I said, like, you're not the one who enforced the fine that like his organization, it's not like that's one team, like the, like, uh, you know, what we played Malvern league back in the day out here in, in Southeastern PA, um, right. Where it was like individual teams. This is like, like an organization with weight classes, right? Like it's almost like in a sense, like a franchise. Yeah. So, it's funny though, after this all happened, like my organization did handle it very well. Like, you know, I was talking back and forth with the president who I've known since I was little, I grew up with his son, like me and him have always been good friends. Me and him were talking. I was truthful with him the entire time. Like we wanted to let him know what was going on. So they did have like an immediate league meeting that Tuesday with all the head of the organizations, the coach there. And at first I didn't really care about going to it. Cause I was thinking nothing's going to come out of this. He's going to get the fine. That's it. Then once I saw that the news took it, they rescheduled the meeting. And that's when I was like, all right, I kind of want to be there now that he's saying I'm tripping people. So at that point became like, all right, obviously other people in the league know me. They've seen me around for seven years. They know I'm a good ref. They know I'm a good guy. I really haven't had any incidents with a coach where it's even been like me having to toss him out or anything like that. So I wasn't too concerned until the stories kept airing on the news and just the lies kept growing like that's when it started yeah, national dan yeah so the real concern to me was and i don't even know if we talked about this tory smith's brother-in-law so right. the first week goes by you know it's making the local news and then i started seeing it on like the bottom of um what was it good morning america i saw it come across the bottom of the headline the one day and at this point i'm thinking all right well the eagles play the cowboys sunday night football they always show a clip of like a youth football game, whether it's a high school game or an actual youth one. At this point, I was a little bit afraid oh, that Tory no. Smith was going to call them and have this story aired because I'm thinking this is the perfect setting for it. All right, if this happens, I need to go live. Like I need to get in contact with the reporter, like make sure I get my side across. Because at this point, only Roxbury's coach really came into my defense publicly. I was, he went so on. let me ask you this real quick, not to interrupt you. So, right, I was about to say CBS, ABC, NBC, like all these stories pop out. Did anyone reach like? Oh, let's start with NBC because they were the one that kind of broke it. And then, and, and I'm not trying to pick on the media yeah. out here, but like, right, like that's kind of a normal thing, right, with local media when one station yeah. has a story that everyone else kind of like does their own investigation or like side story off of that kind of a thing. So, right, did NBC was the first one that kind of lit this up on fire? Did they reach out to you at all about talking to your side of the story as a rap and, and anything like that? No. So for the most part, my name really wasn't disclosed with it that much. Um, the only time I really spoke with the press about it was when that first happened. So our president called me saying, you need to do your part, call them and tell them it's not truthful. They can air it and whatever they choose to do with it, that's on them. So I called them up and like the first thing I get, it's basically I call like a customer service line and this guy answers the phone. He's asking me 
uh, why can't we air? I was like, it's not truthful. He goes, the only way we won't air that the 11 o'clock segment now is if you come on to a live, basically, interview with us. And I'm thinking, listen, this hasn't blown up too wait, much wait, yet. Wait, whoa. Like, it sounds – you're saying yeah. this isn't come, true. Come, come, on, come, on to our show. come on to our show unprepared That's um, to, to prove your point. Yeah. So I'm thinking at this point, right, if I go ABC. on, I'm going to look like – I'm wearing a Patagonia vest. I'm wearing loafers. I'm thinking I'm going to look like your typical finance, bro. Like, no, they give everyone the worst image ever of what I am. Like, I'm not trying to do that right now. So it, that's really the only reaching out the press did with me. Um, you had your Lambda fratness. Because I guess and my question would be is, so then in the article where they talked about, oh, the ref said to trip him, no one reached out to you about, hey, did, did that happen? Was that true? No, so no one reached out to me. It really wasn't until the coach of Roxborough called ABC and gave his side of the story, which I don't know if you've seen that interview yet. It's about a little two-minute clip about what really happened. The coach goes into detail, a little more about the coach from Contra Hawking. But I talked to – I had actually a buddy that me and Chad both know from LaSalle who coaches there. He reached out to me and asked me if I wanted to go on with them. And at this point, I'm still thinking no one's truly identified me. Like, I don't need this to happen. So that was like the only thing that kept going through my head was that, you know, this is a side job right now. I actually do it more because I enjoy football than the money. Like, yeah, it pays decent. But honestly, I enjoy seeing these kids play football. Like, that's probably the best part. And like, honestly, if I didn't have a job like I do now, I probably would be coaching youth football, not high school or anything like that. Like pure youth. Like I do enjoy seeing these kids play. Like, it's really interesting. But just well, with the know, perks of refing, you can come and go as you please. Right. It, it, well, you know, it's funny you say that too, because I was in the back of my head around thinking like, if you wanted to paint a picture on the other side, like, and I'm not trying to be that guy, just journalistic question thing. Right. Um, it's, it would be normal for someone watching us right now doing this interview. Like, so this guy was dragged to the mud. His name was dragged to the mud, like da, 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 da. And now all of a sudden, coincidentally on a new podcast, that's during a quarantine where there's really nothing going on. All of a sudden he wants to tell his tale, right? Like, but I think it's important that why we saw how like your, the background, this is, it's really easy to paint this up as sounding like just some Yahoo um, that hit his vape pen all the way to the YMCA or something like that and was refing a game. No, this is different. And, and so, no, I just wanted to kind of get that out there too. And so it's interesting. There was only one other time that I considered going public with this. It was, I'm actually at work when this is going on. It's a Thursday. I get a text from our assigner who's different than our president saying that, the coach from Conchie is going on 97.5. They're going to interview him about it. Like, I want you all tuned in just to hear what he says. At this point, I'm getting texts from, like, another buddy of mine who said, hey, I just heard the coach from 97 – or the coach from Conchie going on 97.5. So, at this point, I was prepared to call it. And honestly, like, I don't know. You guys have both listened to 97.5 in the past. You guys have heard yeah, where absolutely. people debate back and forth. Like, that's what I was actually expecting for that day. And I was expecting to give him, you know, some real answers just to see how much changing the story on there. Because if – I got a chance to, you know, have an encounter with him face to face or at least online. At that point, he can't really think about what he's going to say. Like, he has to actually give his response. So right. he has to give more of the truth than he would like to intend. So it's funny. We tease this part. And, and it's funny because I feel like I think it was the NBC article, if I remember correctly. They had, they, they even highlighted and said kind of the fact that this wasn't, um, this didn't pick up a whole lot of steam. And then, like you said, it's Tori, Tori Smith's brother in law. Torrey Smith wins a Super Bowl for the Eagles. This is not that long removed after that, right? He's not on the team anymore, but the city was 
City was well behind, was well behind <laughs> Tory Smith and his. Sorry, it's funny. I actually never had a problem with Tory. When we first signed him, I actually liked him. He, uh, there was an incident way back in high school where he reached out to someone who was uh, close friends with me. Or not, we were just friends. Sorry, we were, me and him were just friends. He reached out to him after something happened. And after that, I actually did have a lot of respect for Tory Smith. But oh, and, and I do too. So here's the thing like, he's a good guy. I'm not picking on Tory. Because, right, like, real quick, Tory Smith wasn't there, right? No, yeah, he was just honestly, he was tweeting something that came along. Like, when he heard what right. happened, and I'm so, thinking the so same I thing. I want to throw that out there. And, like, I'm not just saying this because, like, Tory Smith's a professional football player, right? Like, I know I really, really respect Tory Smith, and I really like what he did with the Eagles. And, Chad, I know you feel obviously the same way. If anything, I feel bad. I was about to say I'm about to blast him. I'm going to pull up the tweets, though, and we're going to break them all down. I'm going to read them out loud for you guys, too. But it's one of those things to me where I think and, – and I'm I'm just as guilty of all – like if, if anyone in society, I'm just as guilty of this. But I think a lot of us get caught up in life where we hear something and we want to judge before we get the facts. And I think mm-hmm. maybe these tweets well, may are a perfect example of that. And it's also a perfect example of showing about – how when we speak and we judge and maybe we don't have all the facts, things happen, bad things happen to good people, innocent people. So without further, let me pull up these tweets real quick. Let's take a look at them real quick. So, and then just, just even more, go for it. Even more is like family, a family member comes to you and and says something 99% of the time you're believing them without any, thing at all right any right. anything to back it up so i understand him you know, defending chain. his family defending his family um but yeah these right, yeah, of after, course. after then, knowing so all the facts these tweets are, are pretty funny right and, and i guess that's that's why i wanted to kind of so two points right yes you're 100 right on that and then the second point is you're in 100 right on both parts so i'm not blaming him that's and dan that's why i wanted to get out there he wasn't at the game so i'm not like I fully understand, right? You're right. If my family says anything, I 100% believe them, 100%. It's blind loyalty, blind trust. Like, that's that's what your family is all about. But um, let's pull them up real quick. So let's take a look for audience. So the first, all right, so, right, the first one was today's story, we were built, and I'm, I'll read this out loud, right, for, for audience. So today's story, um, we are building weak children, he said. The youth football team in my wife's hometown had a game today. They won 36 nothing. They don't allow you to win by 31 without some type of punishment. The head coach is now suspended for two games and fined $500. Are you kidding me? Well, I'm not even going to like break all that down because we understand from what you said that there were a lot more layers to this. There were opportunities to give the other team the ball back. It's instructional football. There's no like, so I'm looking at this tweet, right? There's no reference of the age. Like if I'm looking at this, I'm like, yeah, this sounds ridiculous. Like, right. Like like it's five and six year olds. So, all right, let's, that's the start. Let's look at the second one. So, and this is where, so I guess he had five points and, and if you don't mind, it's so all jump back and forth with you guys and we'll, you know, kind of talk about these. But let's look at number one. So he said, um, he, he tweeted out the league that you guys are tripping. He said, number one, kids need to learn how to deal with failure. Don't want to get smashed, play better. I left that pause there for a minute because, like, I need to take a deep breath before I address that one. And like I said, I once again, it's all about not having the facts in my personal opinion. But, right, can we all agree that – if you don't want to get get smashed, play better. They're fun. This is the point where they're starting to learn how to play, so they don't get smashed, <laughs> right? Like, I'm not trying to get worked up here, but good God, I mean, like, right? I mean, am I wrong here? No, you're 100 percent right. And just and then just straight um, evolution, I guess you could say. Five year olds are smaller than seven year olds, so if you don't have a lot of seven year olds on the team, like like Dan had told us earlier, 
and you're just loaded with five and six year olds, you're you're gonna be smaller. Right. Slower. I guess basically what you're saying is is like that it's a like you're what? So Chad, you're what? Twenty five? Yeah. I'm 28, so we're three years apart. If you were five and I was eight, that was a big difference. Like now, it's not as much of a difference at 25, 28. If anything, I'm jealous of you. But but still, (laughs) I mean, right? Like so. All right, so that that's I mean, like that's strike one. So let's all right, let's pull up the next one. So, I I mean, we can all we can all agree on that. The second one was life doesn't let up when it rains, it pours. Okay, I get that, and people love to use that argument, right? Like in life, and I, I fully get it. Life is tough. It's really tough. That's why we're doing this podcast. We enjoy talking about the things we like because life bangs us around a good bit here and there. I just think that you could make the argument that to that point, your life is going to pour on you a little bit here, a little bit there, a lot of it there. So do you really need to get dumped on a little bit harder when you're five, six, seven years old? Like, does, like right? Like you're going to learn that lesson here or there. Like it doesn't have to come at five, six, seven years old. Like Trust me, everyone gets rained on enough throughout the like the, the course of life. So I, I don't know. That's 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 my thought on on that second one, boys. And Dan, please, I, you, this is you. You gotta jump in. Like, oh, this is all yeah, you, man. So, <laughs> no, as all this is going on, the only thing like running through my head, I'm thinking like, there's no way they're actually related. And then it hits me. All right, like all right, this is a serious thing. So then I don't know. A lot of things are going through my head at this point. My first thing was. If your brother-in-law is Tory Smith, how is this five hundred dollar fine that big of a deal? If it's something that's really concerning to you, your brother or your brother-in-law made millions of dollars playing the NFL. Reach out to him. I'm sure he's more than happy to make a small five hundred dollar donation. Yeah, especially when he's out there vouching for but you already. At this point, so like I don't know, people start getting a little under my skin with the whole Tory Smith thing. So real quick, can I add there, when you saw that, did you think to yourself, oh, so they passed the fine down to him? Because right, anyone yeah, just joining no. us. Right, like the, the the team, the organization gave him the fine to pay. It wasn't like it was just automatically handed to him. So I had known that he was supposed to be the one paying for the fine, and so here's kind of what happened. At that point, there were like a bunch of league meetings regarding this. It ended up going on for about three to four weeks, I would say. So, um, my whole thing was like I didn't want him getting off scot free. I really didn't care if he paid the fine. My only thing was I just didn't want him being able to coach like that team for the rest of the season because like. At this point, other people were coming forward and, like, saying that this stuff was occurring on regular basis, like, you know, that he was really not a good guy. And then people from Conshohocken were even, like, you know, starting to give a little more commentary on his character. Like, parents were even saying, like, no, we never yeah, no coaches aided him. It's a popular thing to jump on the ref. Sorry to interrupt you. It's, it's a yeah. popular thing to jump on the referees, the organization, the structures of leagues. Like, we do it as fans every day. Yeah. <laughs> right? So the fact that, like, no coaches, right, like, really, like, aided to this guy's defense – it was no, once no one really came to his defense, you had a solid understanding on what his character was. And I don't know, once he took it to the news, that actually gave me more of a little bit of perspective of who it was. Like, let's be serious, we've all had instances where you actually do lose a game on a bad call, whether or not the ref did on purpose. But your coach has never gone and called the six o'clock news over this. Oh. Mm-hmm. And then, and yeah. then, and, and Chad, we even, like I said, in that article, it talks about. This thing didn't really blow up until Tory Smith got involved. And there's like, and I'm not saying this and it, it's going to come off as a negative thing and it's going to come off as I'm picking on Philadelphia. And, it, and I'm not, I think this is one of those things that is across the board, but I would even say and in a weird way, it's a compliment. I think that like, this is a very rich, passionate fan base place, Philadelphia, New York, Boston, right? Like you can really, a lot of these places. So it, this is no different. And this is one of those things where fans around here and you said it too, Chad, he won a Super Bowl here. So when people, hear Tory Smith unhappy about something. They're like, I got you, man. What, what, what's up? What's wrong? 
mm-hmm. to, to guys on and off the field, especially when they win you a ring. And I'm not even really saying that in a, like in a bad way. I'm just saying this is one of those circumstances where it seems like it kind of got caught up in a, in a bad sense, I, I guess. Um, but like, so right. Like this thing took on a life of its own, but it didn't have, like, can we all agree that probably a Tory, and I'm not blaming Tory Smith for this, but I'm just saying if it's not Tory Smith's brother-in-law, this probably isn't as much of a story. No, that's 100 percent accurate in my opinion. And I that. think, and I think if they label if they labeled everything correctly, it wouldn't even be that big of a story. Like, if they would have said in every headline five through seven year old football, everyone would just be like, "Are you kidding? Like, why are you, why are you winning by that much at that age group?" Like, the fact that they labeled it just straight youth sports puts it out there where it could be a five-year-old it could be a 12-year-old where like they're getting super competitive and at that point yeah like that could open up the conversation to be like maybe why are why are these rules in place right right but it's five-year-old six-year-old seven-year-old football like label that at the at the top of your headline however it might be done and yeah exactly don't have these big problems that, and that's journal, and that's why we're trying to get the facts out here. I mean, that, that, Dan, that's why you're on the show. I mean, we're trying to get. I'm not trying to be like, oh man, we keep it real on this show. But no, I mean, that's we want to we want to keep it real. We want to know what's, what actually happened. And 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 it doesn't take a genius to read some of these stories and be like, well, I have some questions. Like, right? Like, yeah. that's the point of a journalist. You're supposed to answer the questions for the audience. Yeah. Um, right? Like, it's kind of ridiculous. So let's look. All right, let's look at this. Uh, the third tweet, or the, I guess the third point in these tweets. So. Um, the other kids can't give their all because uh, this rule work hard, but not too hard. That's stupid. Well, so I can go for, I'm not, I can go. Oh yeah, but we all can go first. I'll go first. I guess on this, it's, it's the idea that he's, I guess he, I understand where he's coming from. My, my thing is what about humility? There's an opportunity to teach yourself that like, there's respect for your crap. There's respect. Like, Right. There's as an athlete, we all have this fraternity. And as a, as a five, six year old, you don't know this, but like there's a fraternity among athletes, right? Like, like that you, you, you don't want anyone to get hurt, for example. Like there's like little like unspoken rules. And to me, humility is one of them, right? Like when you know you pound an opponent, like it's, it's not letting up. It's just one of those things like, okay, they got it. They're just going to crawl off to like back off to like the rest of their schedule. Like, and we're just going to go do our thing, right? Like, I think the door was open for that. Was it not, Dan? No, 100%. Like what you said Especially was. Especially with the, the thing you were saying with the 40-yard line and whatnot. Yeah, it was very accurate. But that, so many things like went on that day that just could have been avoided by the coach. And like we're saying now, like you have to teach these kids, you know, that they want to keep coming back. Like the one thing I see pretty often, it's the same teams that continue to lose. They're the ones that end up folding. They don't have a team at that age group anymore, or the organization itself has to consolidate with another organization because they can't field, field, uh, field enough kids to play. And obviously, Roxbury isn't one of them. But when you start beating up on a team like that, that makes these kids not want to play anymore. Like, I have seen games where the star player walks off the field for the team that's getting spanked just because they don't want to play for a losing team anymore. And, Which and, and, that and, to me is one of the most depressing things ever, especially when a exactly. kid. Exactly. Like, two years ago, I was over at Wissahickon, and there was a quarterback out there. Honest God, he was about five foot ten. Everyone else is five five. They're all six seventh graders. He's running all over the place. I had them two back to back weeks, and the second week, I asked the coach at halftime, "What happened to your quarterback?" He goes, "He just quit on us." And that to me is like, all right, obviously you guys got your asses handed to you two weeks in a row, but like, there's certain things that can be avoided, and that's one of them. Right, absolutely. 
No, I tell you, it's funny. So I'm looking at the chat too. And there's some good points in here. So, and, and Zach had mentioned like you work hard, you win, you show respect and then sportsmen. It's respect to the game in my personal opinion. Chad, what do you think? Yeah. I mean, it, I'm, I'm still just, just blown up over five-year-old football. Well, and, yeah, I know exactly. That's the thing. It's almost like I can't get off that point. Like, cause it's like anything, anything I hear, I, I try to bring it to like, even what I'm doing, but it that's below what I'm doing. Like, right. Well, yeah. As, I as you so push yourself, like you're involved in these circuits very well yourself in your full-time job. Yeah, absolutely. Like, so here's, here's just my, my rule of thumb in baseball is we have, we have a 15 run rule in three innings typically. And then we have a 10 run rule in four. Um, so if I if my team gets up by 15 within the first like two innings, I'm already just one base at a time, and my kids know this. Like I don't even have to tell them. Um, one base at a time, and if if you do score, you better be coming from third base. Like you better not score from second. You better not score from first. Um, like if you score, it better be from third, and it better be on a hit or a walk. Um, mute yeah you're on mute there karen look at that see you know it actually probably helped the show a little bit me muting myself a little bit there you go so all right let me let me throw this out there though so no i was looking at tory smith's tweets and no the one thing i thought when they talk about like what does it teach actually let me go back to the first one real quick so like that like um like what does it teach like with or i'm I'm, I'm looking at all of them let's we'll just let the audience see all of them real quick why not right so the part of that we're saying like that, that, like, if you don't want to get smashed, play better, right? The whole like blowout concept, guys, like, let's just, let's backtrack for a second. We all played sports. We all said before this, a lot of sports, multiple sports, and we all got our asses beat like a drum multiple times in that. Like, mm-hmm. do any of you guys feel like you were shortchanged, like the blowout uh, lesson at all in this? No, probably not. No. Exactly. Yeah. So, let me, let me pull up anything, anything more than like. In football, like yeah, fourteen points. But like uh, any other sport, anything more than like four, and I was a mess. <laughs> right. Yeah. Exactly. So like, you learn, you do learn it. Basically. So basically, I'm saying like this one game was not going to deprive these kids of like learning what it felt like to get like blown out in a game. Mm-hmm. Exactly. All right. So all right, let's take a look real quick at the the last couple points here. So we, we Karen, I I did I did win my first bet of the night. By the way. Oh, on the esporting. There you go. See, yeah. would you trade all that? Have the Eagles get knocked out of that that tournament for that? No, because I'm still down money. <laughs> okay, well, all right, we'll, we'll we'll see if that tune changes. Okay, let's look at number four, and number five, and like, because here's actually where I want to get to. I have a couple points here that I want to like. Just, I'm going to pour my heart on my sleeve here for a second for you, Dan. But um, sure, you know, it's all right. So look, here's the fourth point. It's hard. And Chad, actually, I really want your opinion on this because this is this is your world. It's hard to find youth coaches as it is, but consider firing a, or um, finding a coach five hundred dollars for appropriate uh, or is or uh, but you consider firing a coach five hundred dollars is an appropriate punishment, right? Like so, go for it. I, like I have my own theory. Like everyone, you guys take it away from this. Chad, you want me to take the floor first? Yeah, go ahead. So yeah. the interesting thing with that was. Around that same time, it was actually a week before that, like a legit week before that, the local newspaper ran an article basically how PIAA was struggling to get refs. The whole situation that went on definitely didn't help. Like at this point, you had a ref out there that even though I wasn't publicly known or anything like that, didn't look good. Like after that, no one wants to be a ref. 
And the other thing with that too is I get there's, you know, the financial fine involved, but once you do something that like, you know, you knew was going to happen at that point, you have to own up for it. Like there has to be some type of accountability involved. And if that doesn't happen, so what happens in the future that every time a team decides to go up 31 nothing in the first half, because that does happen 28, 31, nothing first half. Are you just going to continually throw flags when the other team knows in the back of their mind, like, Hey, guess what? The score now is actually 48, 49, nothing. Like we're getting rolled on right now. So right. that to me becomes a big point. Like the kids still know the score. And if you're going to continue to beat them 60 to nothing, yeah, at that point, kids aren't going to want to come. Like, I get 30 points to me might be a little harsh, even for an instructional league, but there just has to be some smarts on the coach there. Like, you're the one that's running the game. Yeah, it's funny. When I look at that tweet, I think to myself, I think there's probably a bigger issue to get refs than there are coaches. Because you're always, yeah. it's like what I was saying to you earlier, you're always the bad guy. Yeah. Every time so, you get involved with your job, you're upsetting one of the other parties. I mean, it's like most jobs where, you know, there's no real glory in it. Like at the end of the day, there's <laughs> you can only do your job or you can get in trouble. So there's never going to be that ref called a great game. Like, no, nah, you're only either going to get you suck or all right, ref did his job today. Mm-hmm. So I got I actually have two two things for that for that point. Number one, and I can only speak for, you know, my general area. So, you know, Chester County area. Um, we have no problem finding coaches um for travel for for little league baseball uh for peewee football any of that like the the coach is not the problem any dad will pick up the the clipboard and and get it rolling um for their children um but it really is like even into the high school level we do not have the umpires for baseball um there has been freshman games canceled there have been jv games canceled um there have been seventh and eighth grade games canceled because the like the umpire just doesn't show and he's done umpire <laughs> like that has happened over the past couple of years um so yeah i would say the exact opposite of finding coaches which we already brought up and then point number two is high school coaches understand this this like this rule right um what Karen, we used to cover, you know, uh, teams all, all across the oh, county. Yeah. We're, we, we're very much exposed at very different angles of all of this as players, as coaches, as, uh, as referees, as journalists, like yeah. we, we pretty much like jumped in every aspect of the pool. So when, so when in high school, when a team goes up big, um, I think it's also 28 points in high school, uh, the clock starts to run. Um, and when it becomes 35. the second half and the clock is running, the entire JV offense and defense is in for both teams. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so, yeah. so like if they can understand it at, at, at that level, then I don't understand why we're getting this confused at, at the youth level. Dan, can I ask you a question? This is the first, like, and it's funny, I'm looking at the chat and we're interacting with some of our viewers. And, the, and this is the first thing I thought of when all this came out. Could they take it at me? Yeah. <laughs> no, I mean, that's what most teams do when they're up with. <laughs> A minute to go. Clock's already rolling. I asked the coach from Roxbury, and this is just like general protocol. Like, hey, coach, if they take a knee, you're going to call timeout. Or if they take a knee, stay off the quarterback. Like, don't put anyone on the line of scrimmage, really. And he said to me, you know, no, I'm not going to call timeout. I go over there, relay it to the coach. And, yeah, he still ran the ball outside. And- During this game. So you said, hey, coach, he's not going to call a timeout if you take a knee. Yeah, so I'll say so this. You didn't recommend a trip. You recommended a knee, perhaps, but not a trip. <laughs> Pretty much. 
I'll like on my behalf, I did do my job of communicating like to the coach, like, Hey, this is the situation here. This is how my opinion, I would handle it without actually saying that that's how I put it to him. And it's his decision to do what he wants to do from there. And that's something I would say that, you know, I start being a white hat really not by choice. It was about my second year. Again, we were struggling to get refs. I showed up to the field. White hat couldn't make it. They asked me to do it. So at that point, I kind of kind of just went with it. Like I asked the year after, like, let me get solid training on a preseason game. Like, let me actually shadow a white hat. Um, so, yeah, I kind of had a little more of an idea of what to do. And I have been in situations like this before with, you know, someone that says they're going to take a knee and decides to run the ball all the way to the outside, like something like that, but never in a situation where it actually would affect it, someone getting a fine. And, and, so let me ask you this. Though. So I'm going to pull up Tory Smith at the end of his tweet. And, and like I said, I'm not – anyways, just join us. I'm not picking on Tory Smith. It's just that we're just trying to fact check. That's all we're really trying to do is just pick out his points and just compare it to the facts that he laid out for us. So um, here's one question I do have for you, Dan. So, yeah, I, I feel like I've been hyping you up the whole show. But it, it, so it says, if you truly want to have a slaughter rule, simply stop the game. How do you how do you coach or play knowing you can't score? That's stupid. I'm not going to lie, man. Like, I kind of agree with that that point. Like, it, like, you know how in Temperance chat, you know, there's obviously all too well coaching baseball. Ten runs, boom, ball. Oh, kind of. Obviously, there's the – it has to go full inning. But, mm-hmm. right, the ideology that there is a certain number and then the game will end prematurely. Why don't yeah. you guys have that, especially for five, six, seven-year-olds? Yeah, so that is something that, again, as referees, we don't come up with the, like, league's rules like that. That's a league rule, not an official rule. Um, but I have – like, I ref – like Chad said, I ref basketball. In basketball, we have a rule where – if a team's up by 20 points or less than two minutes or by 35 points or more than five minutes ago, you call the game. Like it does make sense. And I think in most situations, the league's just expecting and the coaches to have a gentleman's agreement that, Hey, once the game's truly not a game anymore, you're going to put subs in. And that situation, like, all right, if someone does score and the fines given out, but both teams have subs in at that point, I would expect the other team's coach to show a little bit of mercy. But right. not when another team's – not when a coach is going out there trying to run up. Like, if you're actually going out there and trying to run the score on little kids, you shouldn't be coaching. Like, go coach high school football where you can do that and it's, you know – It looks reminds me of Kramer and karate with the kids a little bit in Seinfeld. I don't know if you're a Seinfeld guy at all there, Dan. I'm, I'm shooting bit. a shot there on that. There we go. Yeah. So, no, and, and that's – but look, I'll tell you, can I – I'm just going to run back to his first – and kind of second part too, just about like, you know, what it says today's story of we are building weak children and I'm not trying to go on a rant and do the, 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 the whole, like, you know, like pay Wait, the cure a, and, and talk Twitch about it. Tweet? it was, it was okay. So, and, and, and Dan, so my question to that point would be, especially once we learned all these facts and are talking about this, what does that say about adults though? Right? Like what's the lesson for the adults? Like, right. Like, if if you said multiple times, which we laid out uh, clearly, you told us the story on the show. Like if you if if you multiple multiple I, I can't even talk. I'm like like this worked up over it. If multiple times you said do not do this, this is what will happen if you do this. Here are the consequences if you break the rules in the league that have been set forth. Not ten seconds before the game, there are always the rules twenty four seven every year. So well with shades of gray, obviously. But right, like so to that point. If someone breaks the rules, an adult breaks the rules, and 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 Dan, to that point, man, you literally like he ran down the sideline. You let that go, like you let like we're like right. It doesn't always have to be about like you know following the rules strictly, but like there are multiple passes given. So how basically my my point is, 
What are you teaching adults that there's just unlimited free passes to give out when you break the rules and there's no consequences, except especially when it may be endangers children, when it, right, it, it ruins sport for kids. Like this is an area where it's like, what are we telling adults, Tori? If if we're not if we're not teaching the like adults and, and children and children are obviously the apple doesn't fall far from the tree, so they're watching adults. If adults are not adhering to the rules, then why would kids like? I think that's the bigger message than oh, by the way, those six points are really going to teach those kids a lesson someday. You're like, well, you're you're really depriving them from that. Yeah. And I don't know, like the other thing, like you kind of hit it right on the head that the now you're on mute. The athletes, I'm on mute. No, I don't think he is. I think I was just talking a little. Can you hear me, Chad? Yeah, can you hear him, Chad? I was about to say, if I did that, I thought he meant me for a second. I was about to say, Dan, if I did that whole rant <laughs> on mute and none of you guys did that, that would be one of the best April Fools, like pre-delayed April Fools jokes that you guys ever did on me. But um <laughs> Chad, can you hear it all? There's a solid chance his pods died. Chad, your AirPods died? You know, it's funny. Dan, you'll love this. This is your first time on the show. There's never a time where there there has to be a little technology that, you know, kind of fools around in there. Oh, it's the best. (laughs) No, so I'm actually a big podcast guy. And now, like, I don't know. I remember Nick was texting me about this a couple weeks ago. And, like, you know, I kept thinking I'll give it a shot. I'll give it a shot. Never did, but from here on now, I'm telling you, like I really will be listening to the podcast. Oh, okay. well, follower now. More than that, you got to come on. We love oh, having you. Sure. So great. I was, I was gonna say this before, but so this year I plan on doing a pure high school schedule. And knowing that you've done games in the past, what I want to see if I can set up, especially since like I'm trying to do the Catholic League this year, is to get you guys up in the box. Yo, oh my god, we'd love it. That would be an awesome situation there. So oh, obviously, like at that level, I'm not the white hat. I'm more of a line judge. But I sure. think that would be really cool. Oh my God, we love, especially because I mean, you think about it this way: we we got a twenty four hour stream right now, right? We do living room sports talk, but that's the best part about Sidetrack. We're trying to build out all the different things and like like different shows and different content. We'd love that; that'd be awesome. And it's funny, so I'm actually good. Like, it's a perfect way to ask you the question. I was gonna say, so how's your life now? Like, what was I guess? I'm gonna kind of throw like three different questions at you at once in the same topic. One, what was your, like, what was probably the lowest point through all of this, like, that happened? Anything, like, really bad happened? Any kind of, like, threats or, like, anything of that nature? And then, and two, uh, what's life like now? Like, when did things kind of slow down and, like, and, and clearly you're roughing now, like, everything slowly is starting to go back to normal minus a coronavirus. But, right, like, what, like, where are you at now? And, and, and I guess where was the low point, too? Yeah, so being completely honest, I still hear about it to this day. Like, it's a thing that my boys will bust on me about, which, like, that's expected. Um, so right after this happened, actually, I ref that following weekend, took about a week off kind of just the, cause everything was still going on. My whole thing was like, remember that next weekend, the coach brought it up with me, a different coach, like two completely different teams. And like I said, then I was like, listen, I'm not gonna lie to you. I was the ref there. I mean, you've seen me ref in the past and like his jaw dropped hearing that that was me. He was like, I had no idea. Like, and he's asking me the entire time. So, uh, be honest with you, tell him to trip him. And that was like the thing that probably got around the most. It's like all my boys are saying like, Oh, did you do it? Someone in the office brought it up. And like, I could be walking just to the lawyer fountain at work and someone would be like, Oh, don't trip them. Like things like that. So like they were the little things that really didn't bother me. But then like, I remember I was at the gym one day working out and like my, uh, one body's dad came over, said something about it. People start listening. And then, uh, just between like being in the barbershop, like it still comes up all the time, but like, other than that, it's kind of died down a little bit. Um, for the longest time, the big joke was that someone was going to get me a Tory Smith jersey for Christmas. And my girlfriend ended up getting me an Eagles jersey. So as I'm opening that, I'm like, you got to be kidding me. She got me Tory Smith. Like, 
respect the guy, but I know all his stats from his combine days to his days on the Eagles. Like there was a little bit of a point in time where I was a little upset with him. And then you know, I was ready to start trolling him on Twitter at that point. Like I was going to talk about his 2016 season, even though I didn't have too much to say, given the fact they won the Super Bowl. Sorry. 20, uh, was that 2017? Yeah. 2017 season. Sorry. But I don't know. Other than that, things have kind of died down. Like normally I ref basketball, the decision to not ref this year really didn't have too much to do with that. Just like work for me was really picking up. But other than that, I still plan on refing next year. There's really nothing that's going to get in my way from what happened in the past. Obviously, I don't think I'll be refing too many Contra Hawkins games going forward. But, um, yeah, I don't really see it having too much of an effect on me like that. Uh, still, like to this day, I know that when I'm out there, my job is to keep the kids safe, give a fair game. And, like, I still want to climb the ladder referee-wise, like, when I first started this, it was honestly just a side job at first, and I got more into it. And you know, I've looked at the people from my organization. We've had a few guys that have made it to the NFL. Yeah, you're gonna have to play hero, by the way, because my headphones went out. Okay, can <laughs> <laughs> need you to light the way here. Yeah. So, like I said, I mean, I still want to climb the rather ladder referee wise. Like, I still want to be a NCAA ref. Obviously, the NFL is a little distant from here, but still a chance. But I don't see much coming from that situation that's happened. Other than honestly, I do have a good couple stories from that. Like, I've been on interviews in the past, and I've had, like, people bring up with me, oh, I saw that, you know, you uh, referee football, this, that, the other. Like, yeah, I bring that up right away. So, yeah, not too much has came out of it. Yeah. I mean, it, it is quite the story. Um, you just – the way – like, just breaking it down, um, like, this took us an hour and a half. Um, so like, there's just so many different parts to this that, that, that could go into it. And all these, these clips or all these, these articles before were literally just showing you one piece of the puzzle at a time. Um, and now we're, we're learning that that puzzle wasn't even complete. It was, it was all just fake pieces. So, um, I, I thought just every part of this was great. Cause we, we kind of broke it down with, with, with the side that was already shown and then literally you just putting your part into there into it as we went on. So I thought it was great. Yeah. I think honest and honest to God, the thing to me, the only thing that was really discouraging besides like hearing him give his side of the story that wasn't true was the Facebook comments. Honestly, they were a little funny at first. And like someone I'm like, I just remember seeing some like, you know, people are calling me every name in the book. I think the best thing was there's a kid that me and Chad both know who I went to high school with who, had no idea it was me in there. And he's like a big Facebook guy, always writing on there. He's saying this referee's disgrace. If I ever see him, I'll kick his ass. And I'm like, oh, my God. Like, I half want to text him, it's me. But he's also the type of kid I could see going out there, putting my info out there. Yeah. So that was, like, part of the only reason I didn't do it. I'm going to need you to text me who that was. <laughs> uh, you'll know. <laughs> I think you know without me telling you that. I, yeah, I think I think I do, too. Oh, I'm good now, boys. I apologize, but look at look at my hand. Like everything's all rattled up here. Look at that. like, woo! <laughs> it's funny though. Right now, I'm actually reading some texts. A couple of my coworkers are tuned in. Oh, we got I'm reading see. some of their texts, and they're giving me all these different situations. We actually, uh, so we knew all Corey Smith's or Tory Smith's combine facts. We have a gym in our office, and we went in there trying to have me beat all his stats and stuff like that. And obviously, well, after all the, the the whole fallback with this, what was that? It's, oh. Oh, so yeah. with, that, with the whole fallback with this? Yeah. Yeah. So it was honestly, like, to this day, it's still a good story. Like, I still – I enjoy it. It's something I'll laugh about. 
the only thing that does kind of freak me out is like you know if i do somehow get to ncaa where they do take that stuff seriously they do the background check it becomes all right hey this happened listen we can't take a chance with that but honestly i think those chances are slim right there sure well you know and and that's the thing i mean so everything though is pretty good from from here on out though with everything what was that? Sorry, I was sorry. I was tuned out there for a quick no. Time. You're good. You're good. My my audio's been going in and out. So yeah, I can't blame you there. No, I was gonna say, but everything's way better now. Everything's kind of back to normal. I would say everything's back to normal at this point. It's just few people bring it up, and those that do, it's a laugh. Not really people asking serious conversations. Well, I love that. And, and, and Chad, look at this. Did you see? I, I wish someone Tate. I sprinted down the hallway to grab extra headphones. That's pretty. That's that's you know, it's the emergency quarterback there. You know, we're talking. what was that forty time on that sprint? You know what? I'll say it was probably not as fast as the coach running down the sideline. I can tell you that much. <laughs> well, so did you guys see in the video what he looks like? That's something I've actually always wanted to talk about. Like people have always made a joke like, yeah, if he tried to get big with you, you think you could handle yourself? Honest to God, I, that dude would have kicked my ass. He was <laughs> 6'2", ripped. And when I saw him sprint down that sideline, I was like, no joke. That dude was in legit great shape. Yeah, well, no, that's uh, yeah. Well, do you ever worry about that? As because let me ask you this, right? You probably hear a lot of negative comments as a ref. Like, do you ever get worried about that kind of stuff? Like that anyone's actually gonna, you know, like a little bit. Um, I even had I've had a coach or not a coach a fan come after me at the most, but like, what do you mean? Well, what do you mean that come after you? I've had people like sprint onto the field, like trying to show us tape or get in our face. Like, never anyone assault me. We had an incident with my organization two years ago, or sorry, yeah, two years ago, where it's a playoff game at Conshohock, and Conshohock wasn't playing, but a fan rushed onto the field and decided to hit the ref in the back of the head. The ref actually went to the hospital. All that. No way. It became a big story, actually. Yeah, there. I believe there are some news articles on. I can definitely send them over to you. Maybe a future story for you guys. Oh, that yeah. was actually pretty serious. And like at that point, it kind of freaked me out. And I remember like after that happened, like. There was a big story on the news. There was a game down in Texas where the linebacker and the safety decided to take out the umpire's legs. So at that point, you know, like my girlfriend saw it. She's freaking out like this. That could happen. I'm thinking, listen, that stuff doesn't really happen around here. And at the same time with all this going on, like I told you guys before the show, I had the game this year with like the bench clearing brawl that led to not only the players and the uh, coaches, but also the fans. Like that's really the only thing that freaks me out. But for the most part, I haven't been in a situation where I feel like me and the other reps couldn't handle ourselves. And and the best part is you're going you're right back on the horse. You're going back next year for another absolutely another, yeah. As long so as there's no coronavirus, as long as the coronavirus doesn't uh, hit us too hard and ruin football season, which honestly I'm really praying it doesn't. Like in my opinion, so I don't know. You guys definitely have your own opinions on this too. I think the NFL is good. College football to me, I could see that being at least maybe a shortened schedule, but TV-wise, I definitely think that's going to go on, just the fact you don't need as much preparation as you would well, for college. Well, what are your – especially we've been talking about player safety, like this whole show. So let me ask you this. Let's <laughs> let's let's up it to the, to the pros. So do you think that – because my question, Dan, is it's not that they can't get a season off starting Labor Day, like after Labor Day, right? Like it's – but it's OTAs, it's minicamp, it's rookie minicamp. It's all those little quirks that go into putting the season together. That's, you know, like where do – like where do we stand with all that, you think? It's interesting. So, like, I don't know. Um, you're familiar with Will Parks just signed with the Eagles? Mm-hmm. So, I played AU basketball with him, actually, and I follow him on Instagram. I follow 
uh, Dow Worley, who's also an Eagle Nail Raider, a few other guys. And like, I still see them working out. So I don't think it's really a question about their conditioning, but team wise for rookies and things like that, I think that's going to have a major delay. And I don't know, I could see preseason this year being only two weeks and maybe them starting two weeks after Labor Day this year. I can see that. I do think everyone talks about getting rid of preseason football. Like you need it. Like look at the first game this year. We had the bears and the Packers. That first half was terrible. Second half, Aaron Rodgers came out with still Aaron Rodgers. But if we gave them like a legit preseason where your starters are going to play, like um, the coaches make that decision to keep their starters to themselves. And if you put them out there, they're going to come out week one looking good. Like right now, it really takes us to week two, week Brett, three to actually Brett get Favre it. Brett Favre threw a pick six, too, as you were praising the Packers in this replay I'm watching. Brad, <laughs> Brad Childress is losing his marbles. Oh, yeah, this is – I joined a marble league, by the way. But we're, that's another chronicle we can get on this podcast. Um, Chad, what do you got? Sorry. Oh, wait, so maybe his audio cut out now. Look at that. I think it might be Chad's, honestly. Oh, there we go. Now we got you. That's all it was. What was it? I was just laughing. Oh, okay. Well, so, Dan, this was fun. We have to have you back on the podcast again. This is absolutely I mean, not. I look forward to being on this. And again. we want to thank you, too. I mean, this is not this is not the easiest, you know, right? Like, there's, like I said, there's a lot of layers. There's a lot of negativity, especially with what your job was and everything in this. So, we, you know, we really appreciate you coming on and telling this story and, and, and talking about it. And, um, so real quick, we just wanted, before we, we jump off, so real quick, just to share everyone our social media tags. Uh, if you want to give us a follow on Instagram, you can follow us at, at underscore get sidetracked. Twitter, same thing, at underscore get sidetracked. If you're watching us right now on the site, you can follow us just strictly on Twitch if you wanted to. That's the link right there on the other side of this if you're just watching us on Twitch. More so, check us out on our website, www.get-sidetrack.com. Um, you can watch us there as well, and you can also check out some really good articles. Zach's been punching out some really, really good ones um, for you guys to check out. So definitely, like I said, I, I, I need to start writing some good ones too coming up here. Like, but um, no, this is this is great. And Dan, we want to thank you, like I said, for jumping on board. This is a lot of fun. We want to thank all of our, our viewers and listeners for for jumping on the stream too and chatting with us and interacting. This was this was some great stuff. Um, do you guys have anything you want to just throw out there before for the good of the order? Uh, no, not really. I mean, <laughs> how are your bets looking? I, I, well, the, I won the first one, the Niners, the Niners aren't pulling their weight right now. Um, uh, it can happen that way. Yeah, seven and a half, seven. they're minus seven and a half in a video game, huh? It's a seven, seven game late in the second quarter here. Mm, and the short quarters there, Dan, this is, this is, you know, if you're roughing those games, real short quarters, but you know, <laughs> I do have, a, I do have a, a side question, Dan, you're frat. Was it Nick's roast beef you guys would always order from? Yeah, we would do Nick's roast beef over in uh, the Northeast. Phenomenal. Oh, my God. Yeah. Have you guys been there? Oh, yeah. Okay. So, yeah, they're actually – they're really good. A couple locations now. There's there's just like a Philly – I guess it was a Philly just food, like, bracket. Um, And there was two different roast beef shops, and – I was pretty sure Nick's roast beef was the one that you guys always did. And that's the only experience I have with it. So I was just making sure I voted for the right roast beef shop. <laughs> so I saw that bracket and I was so upset that Steve Stakes lost in the second round of the Philly Pretzel Factory. <laughs> oh, like, that can't happen. I'm a diehard Steve's guy to this day. Yeah, Sad yeah. So the city, night classes there for Temple. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Prince of Steaks. It's, dude, it's the one thing I'm yeah. looking forward to. So I, I, Chad knows this. I've been the pescatarian for the entire Lenten season. 
Yeah. That's like the one thing I'm looking forward to. Like my biggest fear uh, right now with the coronavirus, besides someone getting we, sick, is that they close Steve's. We might uh, we might have to have like a Philly sport or not Philly sports, but Philly uh, eats podcast, like a Philly podcast. cuisine, just like soft pretzels, tasty cakes, like cheesesteaks, obviously. Like, like that, could, that could get that. We could do like a three hour podcast. You know, I got I'll a get, guy for that if you do it. I can get a guy to hook you guys up. I'll get John too uh, to come on that because when we went to Notre Dame, and I won't go on a side tangent here, but we went to Notre Dame for the first time seniors in college when Temple was playing them. We ran into this lady and she's like, Oh, you're from Pennsylvania. I'm from Pennsylvania. So she turns to the other usher at Notre Dame and she's like, Did you know that Philadelphia is known for five different food things? And I, and you know, I'll just say them now because no one's going to listen later. Probably. So they said pizza, french fries, um, tasty cakes, pretzels were on there, and water ice. And like, okay, so the water ice one I'll give you, but I was like, so she left cheesesteaks off and put pizza and french fries. And I remember, Chad, you'll love this. John's look was like this to me. <laughs> like, I was just like, yeah, I don't know. Like, but yeah, so yeah, I agree. We should totally have a Philly, uh, Philly food cuisine night. That'd be fun. That'd be yeah. a good time. Yeah. All right, that's I love probably it. the worst part though, about them canceling sports right now. Like we missed out on the entire March man. I don't know, you guys been the past. I've been to like Chickies and Pete's and the other Northeast places. Even yeah, Nick's Beef, they always have like an awesome know. spread. Yeah, it's an yeah. awesome spread. You go there, you drink. Yeah, that's probably been the most depressing part about this was just missing out on March Madness. Never hundred percent. Yeah, it will be back though. Better days, right? Everyone, Absolutely, I love it. Cuddy's fixed. Amen. <laughs> All right, boys, we want to thank you for jumping on. And we want to thank everyone for listening, all our viewers and, and commenters and everything on Twitch. We want to thank everyone. And we'll probably be back on, I think, tomorrow. We'll just, like I said, check social media. We should be on. You know, talk a little bit about the Lion. We're not the Lion King, the, the Tiger King. I always want to say Lion King, <laughs> I know. King, yeah. yeah, 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 the Tiger King. But, we'll, we'll, like I said, stay tuned to that on social media. We'll, we'll keep you guys apprised of what's going on there. We want to thank everyone for listening. And, and Chad, you want to replace Zach and do the cheers for us? Cheers. Cheers, everyone.